What's up, everyone? I thank you very much for joining me for this episode of AG's Truth. I want you all to know this episode is sponsored by Deborah King and her book, Glory Bishop, which is available now on Amazon. This is an amazing book. It is over four stars. You do not want to miss it. All right. Enjoy the show. What is up, everyone? It is your girl, Amber Gartner, a.k.a. A.G., and you are here for another great episode of A.G.'s Truth. I want to thank you all for coming back on this week, and this week we're going to have a little bit of black girl magic. I got one of my one of my fellow sisters on here that's doing the thing. I'm really excited about this one. Miss Fallon Nicole. Miss Fallon, how are you on today? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. I thank you so much. I was telling her before we started recording that I was so appreciative of the fact of her letting me do this. I always tell authors I'm very appreciative of people letting me because, you know, a a book, a brand, um, whatever platform you're doing, it's like your baby. So entrusting that with somebody else is a very big step and there's a lot of trust in that. So I do not take that lightly. I never take that lightly. I just appreciate you reaching out to me. Um, this is a wonderful opportunity, so I appreciate you using your platform um, to help me promote my book as well. So thank you as well. My pleasure, my pleasure. Now, as my listeners know, Amber know how to talk. However, with the fact that I know how to talk with the best of them, I still like to allow whoever's on my show to be able to tell the listeners about themselves in their own words. So in... Um, 30 minutes, seconds to a minute, we're going to do elevate, elevator pitch styles, what they used to call it back at Hampton U when I was there before I got my degree. Who okay. is Fallon Nicole? Tell us about yourself. So um, I am a teacher. I've been teaching for about seven years. Oh, um, yes. You get all the respect right now. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, I am a St. Louis resident. Um, I have two children. Just recently got my master's degree in education as well. Um as you guys are now hearing that I just recently published my first children's book and I'm leading toward um, having an activity to go alongside with it, an activity book to go alongside with it as well. But yes, I'm just excited about this new journey that I'm embarking and excited about this interview. So that's Fallon in a nutshell. That's great. That's great. That's great. Now, if you don't mind my asking, what has been your experience having to do this teaching during this pandemic with all of this going on? Because I hear different opinions depending on state, depending on, I hate to say it, how much money the school has, that kind of starting to play roles again, and et cetera, et cetera. What has been your experience with all of this? Because this has really been interesting for the educators. Yes. Yeah, so at first when it happened, um, I think we were all just, and shocked of how we were going to be able to navigate this and be able to um, teach our kids in the the right way um, with the platform we had to use, which is virtually. So we were all confused. At this point in time, since we've been in virtual learning for the last eight months or so, um, if not more, I could be, I'm probably a little bit slightly off. I think right now it's just kind of like with the students, um, it's just making sure they're engaged into their learning. I mean, a lot of students are just now becoming like, and even teachers, we're just 
we just it, it just needs to get past us, like for real. And I think students are like getting um, disengaged; they're not really as focused. So, as a teacher, we have to constantly reinvent ourselves. I tell our teachers all the time, like you have to constantly use different platforms. You got to constantly use anything that's going to reach out to the kids. Because right now, I think some of them are on board. Some of them are taking off virtually. Some of them are doing fantastic virtually, and this is their niche. And this is they're doing better than they would were in person. Because I actually loop with my kids from. I had them last year in fifth grade. Now I have them in sixth grade this year. Mm. Some of them are doing really well. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm seeing, like, a huge change. But some of them that need that um, physical contact, they need to be inside the classroom, unfortunately, they are definitely, like, getting lost, and they are not, like, on point or whatnot. So with that being said, I have pitched several ideas. I feel like um, the curriculum needs to change moving forward. So, like, moving forward, instead of, like, throwing them back into the classroom, we just need to dial back. We need to talk about all, review every single thing that should have been reviewed the year previously to, like, get them back caught up because our kids are, like, going to be so behind, it's not even funny. So I think, like, to be proactive about the situation, I think, like, the the people with the big wigs, they need to come up with these different curriculums to get our kids caught up to board because, I mean, you just have to be real, like, some of them are, are, are learning things, and some of them are just literally just staring at the camera. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And not going to anything. So I'm hoping that someone um, above me, because <laughs> I don't know, I, I really don't have the, the the tools. I mean, I can I have the voice, but um, to just kind of, like, change things around to get our kids back back where they need to be at because, yeah, it's, it is a lot. It is a lot. It is, it is. Uh, when you first said making it different, I'm like, that sounds like a marriage. She's trying to keep it spicy with the students so the students don't get bored. Like, I'm, like, I'm at the point where I'm about to say to all the people that make video games, like, can y'all put our curriculum on the video games or something? <laughs> Seriously. Because the kids or I mean, you don't know how many times I have to tell kids to get off their video games and pay mm-hmm. It's not even funny. And it's like, you can't blame them. I mean, they just getting bored at the computer screen for almost like five, six, eight hours. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm, I couldn't do it. That's yeah. not like work, and I ain't getting paid. <laughs> it is a lot, but yeah. So that's, I mean, that's that's pretty much what it is right now. But like I said, like I encourage any educator that is listening to like constantly like reinvent the wheel, like, do anything that you know that can, like, grab your students' attention. I mean, sometimes, of course, march to the same beat that your district is having you to march to as far as the outlines of the curriculum that they want you to teach our kids. But right now, I feel like we're at a point where we just need to grab their attention in any way necessary, rather than, like I said, if you got to incorporate some type of game in the lesson, whatever it is, whatever it takes to get them something so it's sticky to their brain, that they can leave with every day from school, school, I think is necessary. So, yeah. That's, that. I understand. I understand completely. And I'm, I'm happy that you're thinking about them. Were your students the inspiration for your book, or was the inspiration for your book something a little different? Um, It was a little different. So um, just to be a little transparent, I was in a situation where my children's father, he was away. He was incarcerated for quite some time. And at the time when my daughter was uh, growing up, it wasn't she, – she read a lot of books. And I, I had really wished that I could really connect with her to allow her to understand where her father was at, not to glamorize the situation, but more so just kind of, like, help her understand, like, it's unfortunate he's in this situation. But, I mean, 
you still have a family. You still have a, a support system. You still have a group of people that love you, even though you don't have that traditional uh, family setting that you're seeing maybe in them cartoons or maybe from your peers or whatnot. So it was more so just to connect with her, and I felt like it needed. It was so many kids in our community that are um, in that situation. So I was like, I need to, I need to write a book about it. So that's where how it took off. Wow, wow, wow! That's amazing. Really, it is. So, what is without giving us too much? Because we still want people to go out and buy the book. What yes, can ma'am. you tell us about the book without giving us a bit too much? So, um, just like I stated, the book basically talks about a young girl who is in a situation where she is having um, problems understanding where her father is at and why he's in that situation. Um, Later down in the book, her mom talks about a support system. And sometimes, you know, like I said, we don't, um, in 2020, we don't, a lot of kids do not have that traditional setting like we saw probably when I was growing up in 85, 90, or whatever the case may be. And kids are still um, trying to grapple with it and try to figure out, like, why is my situation different from so-and-so and and is my family a wholesome family because I don't have my dad in the household or whatever the case may be. So it talks about a support system. It allows kids to write their own support system. There's also an activity inside the book for them to write out their support system. And a support system simply talks about those people that are not actually living in that household with you, but they're there to all those events that you, you go to, whether it's going to your birthday parties or going to the black history programs for you or whatever the case may be. Um, those are the people that is your support system, and those people are still your family. So that's the book in a nutshell. Now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, you. Yes, you right there. Looking for a nice outfit for that nice holiday girls night out? Or my girl over here who is looking for something cute to wear to the New Year's Eve party with the mask, of course, or better yet, my girl over there who's looking for maybe a cute outfit that can help make them curves pop like nothing else can. I have something just for you. Take your phone out now and go to www.itfitsyoutube.com. That's www.i, lowercase t, capital F, I-T-S, a capital U, the number two, dot com, where they have sizes from small all the way to 3X. Nothing is a problem when it comes to that style. You can also follow them on IG at It Fits You Too. You all go make those payments. They have an installment program that is amazing through Cecil, and they also have fast, reliable shipping. Shoot, I'm about to go get me something now, so y'all better go there for I buy everything up, all right? Peace and enjoy the rest of the show. What's up, you all? Once again, I want to thank you for joining me for this great episode of AG's Truth. I don't mean to break up the good times rolling. However, I know that one thing I'm going to be using my stimulus check on is a great book because we definitely could use some words of encouragement and some edification 
during these times. One book that I recommend in particular is by Jeltaro McKinney. It is an amazing book entitled Imagination that is listed on Amazon. If that is not more your speed, he has a second book that's also listed on Amazon as well called Jairus. That is J-A-I-R-U-S. I want you to go get these books, cuddle up with those bad boys with something nice to drink that is refreshing and get yourself started for this amazing new year. 2021, let's go. Enjoy the show. Wow, I love that for the fact of, you know, my cousin, he's He's out now, and he's, you know, turned his life around. I know he was in prison for a while and things of that nature. And, you know, he would actually um, call me when I was in college because he said talking to me helped encourage him. He would have me sing to him and et cetera, et cetera. So it's definitely an interesting setup, you know, just having a family member in there, let alone your father. That's a very interesting um, setup, so to speak. And, you know, my my father's had his problems, but thank God he's turning – he's doing what he can from what I know to turn his life around now, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't in there long-term, so to speak. Um, So, you know, that long-term thing is different. It's very, very different. Well, um, that is amazing. I I applaud your strength. Let me say that. I I applaud your strength. It takes a lot of strength to deal with that. So what got you writing in the first place? Because everybody's writing stories a little different. Normally it tends to have a few things in common depending on what happened. But what got you into writing? Um, what pushed me to write is more so I just feel like, granted, it's a lot of books that speak from my perspective as African-Americans, but mm-hmm. I I wanted to have book, a book that connects with the kids that I service every day to my daughter. And I know, like, sometimes when um just felt like it needed to be something that came from my perspective of things and our perspective and our voice and the way our lingo is and the way we connect with our kids. Like I say, a lot of things like the mom said, baby, come here. Like that's something that I say to my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Different terminologies and different things like that. So what encouraged me to write was really my child. Like, um, again, just connecting with her, I realized how much she loved to read. I was a reader when I was young and around her age. And, again, like when kids are able to grab something that's um, engaging to them and uh, attention grabbing for them, they continue to that fosters a, another uh, a high learn, need for reading. Like, they really, really want to continue to read, um, as long as they have something that's in front of them that they like to read. I mean, it doesn't have to be that um, some they will for, whatever the case may be, but they like to read stuff that is um, for them. So I want mm-hmm. something like that. That's amazing. That's amazing. I really love it. I really, really love it. So you, from what I gather, you have children of your own. Yes, ma'am. How are you all adjusting to the pandemic and the isolation a bit that comes from that during the holidays? I know everybody's holiday plans, they're tweaking it a little bit differently. How are you all adjusting your holiday plans during this time? Um, I think this time is just constantly getting us to be a little bit closer um, to listen, for me to listen in a little bit more closer to my daughter. And as far as, like, getting adjusted to the holiday plans, um. Just keeping everybody high-spirited. You know, I just, um, I know at this point in time, my daughter can't really be with her homegirls or her friends or different things like that, but constantly getting thing, giving things to her for her to um, be happy because, you know, sometimes we forget our kids. Like, we going through stuff, too, and it's like, wait a minute, my baby going through stuff, too. You know, my daughter, she might not say it because she's in her phone, but I know she's probably 
she's going through, she's feeling isolated from her friends and her peers and different things like that. And so, you know, it's just constantly trying to keep her uplifted. Uh, my son is two, so he's always mm. uplifted. <laughs> um, <laughs> has something in front of him to uh, play with. He's fine. But it's um, it's really my daughter just keeping her happy and high-spirited um, as far as me. I've been having highs and lows during this pandemic, um, more so highs than anything. Like I said, I recently graduated with my master's. and Congratulations. Thank you. And um, I just published the book that we're speaking on, and I think it's just having me to become more creative. Um, I think if I wasn't in this pandemic, I, wasn't, I wouldn't have the time to sit down and finalize the book. Um, so I think that it is unfortunate all these different things were happen has happened, but I've used this in a positive way to turn things around for myself to get things done that I said I was going to get done. That's amazing. That is really, 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 really amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I know some people, they do the children's books and they plan on putting out more. They plan on, you know, making a trilogy style. Is this something that you plan to do again? Absolutely. I have a, another book that's going to come out. It's going to be called The Broken Glass. Um, I won't go into full details, but I'll just give a 10-second summary. It's going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to talk about a family in a, a difficult um, situation and how they are able to cope with that situation due to a couple things. I'm not going to go into detail because I don't want nobody taking my little feel. But, yeah, it's, it's all my books are talking about different, different family uh, dynamics, basically. Okay, I definitely like that. I like that definitely. Yes, ma'am. Thank so, you. did you find it difficult to write a children's book? Because one of my classmates, um, Chantel, um, Chantel, she wrote a children's book. Um, she was actually featured on um, BET Black Girls Rock. Okay. And yes, I would imagine. I don't know. I I would think maybe writing a children's book is a little bit difficult because you got to write it in the way that the children understand, and it's like. You know, not make not making it to. Um, what was your experience writing a children's book? Because I wrote a book, but my book was an autobiography, and it was more from like eighteen up. Um, I think because I I I, I teach kids or whatnot, and I, I felt like the vocabulary that I used was the appropriate style. I think it was more so for me was making sure was trying to target that one particular age or whatnot. Like my book will probably target maybe second grade and up, you know, um, maybe <clears> depending <throat> on the, the Lexile style of the child, because nowadays I've read kids are reading six years old, they're reading on a eighth grade, ninth grade level, so I really didn't want mm. to, have, you know, it's just, um, but I, I think my what helped me out was just basically teaching kids. Um, they helped me out to be able to have the vocabulary that I wanted to use. They helped me to figure out, like, okay, I wanted to have some type of vocabulary word that was in bold for them to understand. Like I talk about, again, support system. I gave the definition about it. I was real, and I put an activity inside the book because I wanted kids to be able to, again, it's all about engagement. It's all about keeping their mind, like, focused on what you're speaking on. So I put that in there for them to be like, okay, let's recap of what we're talking about here. Um, that was the, the teacher part of me that put that in there. But, yeah, it wasn't too difficult at all. Mm, I, I'm happy to hear that, and I give you definite, definite kudos for that, definite kudos for that. So yeah. I don't want to keep you forever. However, I do want to ask you one final question. If you had to give advice to a young person um, who is trying to navigate this pandemic, what would that word of advice be? I would say that one thing I will encourage is don't sit in 
the 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 funk of the negative side of things. I know it's easy said than done because we can all fall into the slump of being depressed and sad of everything that's going on around with us. But I would encourage people to use this in uh, in a positive way. For instance, I take this. It's not the exact quote, but I remember they said something like Madam C.J. Walker. That's when she became the the first millionaire and mm-hmm. hit. And when I read that, I took off with it. That that actually sparked something in me because even though all these people didn't even they didn't have the things that we have today, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. used um, that for fuel to like really like immerse herself in her creativity to really apply herself. And I figured I would do the same thing. So I would encourage people and young people, especially people that look like me and you, to like really, really take your voice and use that. Um, Use it in a positive way. Use these platforms that you own on social media and different things like that, not just to post subliminal messages about X, Y, Z, but use it as a platform to to promote your businesses. Even if you don't even know exactly how you're going to go through with this business, you don't know all the blueprints, post the name of the, the business that you try to do. And I promise you, everything will spin from there. Like, I just encourage people to use your platforms and use your voice in a different way, even if it's promoting um, washing your hands every day. However, but just use um, this situation in a positive way and get those business ideas out there. This is our time, and I really believe that um, we can't sit in this funk. And I know, again, it's, we have to pray and we have to really, really, you know, pull ourselves up out of this. Definitely, definitely. Well, I thank, thank you so much, Ms. Fallon, for coming and joining me on today. I love your vibes. I have to definitely make sure I bring you back when the second book comes out. Um, yes. Where can the people find you, and where can we find the book? Okay, so I'm on Facebook. Uh, my name is Fallon Nicole on Facebook. My book right now is on Amazon, hopefully soon to be on Barnes & Noble soon. Um, but you can find my book on Amazon. The easiest way I tell people to find my book is to simply just type my name in, Fallon McNeil. You can also type in the title. It'll come up, too, but just, you have to search through a few of titles. Yeah. But, but right now, just, it's on um on Amazon. If you're in St. Louis, I will have books on hand. I'll be selling books as well, and I'll be at different pop-up shops. So, yeah, for right now, that's where we're at. Well, thank you so much for joining me here on today. To my listeners, I'll have the information in the description box. Thank you for listening for another week, and I look forward to seeing you all soon. As she said, we got to pull ourselves up out of this and make something. Take these lemons and make some lemonade. I love y'all. I'm going to talk to y'all later. Peace. Thank you. What's up, y'all? I want to thank you once again for joining me for this amazing episode of AG's Truth. I don't know about you, but during times like this, I want a great book. So I'm about to go and curl up with A Relentless Decade, which is an amazing book by Chantel Jennings that is now available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Okay, it talks about social injustice, slavery, and how we as a people in America can become the change. It is a great after Christmas gift for anyone who wants to know a little bit more about their history. I love y'all and I'm going to see y'all later. Peace.